Welcome to Touched and Empowered, a show created to empower individuals to value their lives by hosting think tank discussions that will inspire positive action. Touched and Empowered with Katie and Ace starts now. Your armor and cheerleading is your own self-built muscle. You have to build that muscle in order for you to feel strong enough to pick somebody up at the right time. And that's the same kind of discipline that's needed when it comes to building your message or your mission. Yes, and all your skills. And all your skills is you have to build that kind of repetition exercise Mm -hmm. to build that internal muscle. So then that way, when you share it, you are confident in it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not confident when you share your mission, no one's going to believe it. Exactly. And then Um, they're not going to want to support it. Exactly. Exactly. If you like, you heard us in the beginning of our ever talk, how like we're fervently just super passionate about what we want to do. And we've, I've definitely practiced. (laughs) Um, I'm getting better. (laughs) I, I, it's a lot to, to say that, especially if it's the truest mission to your heart, like if it's something that is a part of you and you're bringing it out into the world communicating that that takes not just practice that takes courage you have to break through that fear of letting people see who you truly are yes because it's it's one of the things that they teach in acting and this is what i remember from drama class back in high school is that if you don't feel it to your core then it's not going to be believable when you speak it out loud. And that's one of the things that I found with the mission for the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, because I will admit, when the Teen Suicide Prevention Society first started, I was like, yeah, I'll help be part of the family mission for teen suicide. My sister Stephanie gave a seven-minute talk about her first suicide attempt and the multiples that followed. Jackie, my mom, has a TEDx talk on how to have the talk to save lives, fabulous, no problem. You know, I was doing all the background stuff. So I wasn't upfront. I wasn't visible. I wasn't seen. Mm -hmm. And then people started asking me about what my part in the mission was. And I felt very much like the wizard from the Wizard of Oz, you know, hiding behind that curtain. You know, you can't know the real me. It wasn't until... It dawned on me the day that my sister Stephanie had her first attempt and the day that my mom talks about in her TEDx talk, I re- my bedroom was in the basement. Stephanie and my other sister, Jamie, slept on the top floor where Jackie's and Bill's room was. And then we, had, we were in a townhouse. So on the middle level was where the living room was. Well, if you hear her TEDx talk, she talks about, Jackie talks about sleeping on the futon in the living room holding a note from my sister, Stephanie, promising that she wasn't going to attempt her life to try and get some sleep. The only thing I remember the next morning is coming upstairs to have breakfast and finding out that Stephanie got to have a sleepover in the living room with my mom. And I was pissed. I never got to have a sleepover with mom. I don't remember the hours we spent at a hospital while Stephanie was being taken care of. I don't remember anything else that followed that other than that five minutes of having attitude because my brain was protecting myself from it. 
And it wasn't until hearing my mom, oh my God, I think I listened to her TEDx talk like 500 times because I would share the link. And every time I shared the link, the video would start playing. And I also did some video clips and stuff for promotion stuff for her. But it turned out that it was like, oh my God, that's the day. The day when I thought that it wasn't fair. I didn't remember the reason my sister was sleeping in the living room. Yeah, I, oh, that's. So yeah. that's, that's what woke me up to my part in the mission because I realized that, you know, if somebody in your family does, has a traumatic experience, our brain protects us so much that we end up holding on to shame, guilt, resentment, and everything else like that without realizing the reason why. And that in combination with just teens on a whole, oh my God, my son Austin went through so much stuff trying to figure out who he was as an individual. You're, you're, uh, you're such a wonderful parent. I, I know you probably don't hear that, but the fact that you have this wonderful, beautiful child and it, please share with everyone because like it's such a big adversity and challenge in the news right now, especially in Florida. They're like actually trying to retransition. Yes. And okay. I, I can, uh, this is where my, this is where Katie comes into balance. I can argue both sides of the fence. Okay. Okay. As a parent and as a friend of people who have, who are part of the LGBTQ community, whether they are just dressing in drag, whether they are in transition, it doesn't matter. This applies completely all the way across the board. Okay. okay. As teenagers and preteens, trying to figure out who you are as an individual before your prefrontal cortex is fully developed, mm. you are going to try to figure out how you fit in any single way you can. So if one person in school says, oh, I'm gay, or oh, I'm a trans gender person on the wrong gender, you need to now call me by this name. You now have a whole slew of kids who are doing the exact same thing because they're trying to fit in. Because of the push for the healthcare for people who truly are part of the transgender section, and I'm I'm trying to be polite here, you know, because of this particular community, you know, Parents were looking at, oh, this parent is getting extra attention because their kid is going through this. Let me take my five-year-old and tell them that they're the wrong sex and get them into a doctor and get them immediately on hormones. That's like Paris Hilton and the Chihuahua in the purse. This is not a fashion thing. I agree with that 100%. And I will explain my story behind that after, but please continue, Katie. I have seen people who were pushed into transition by their parents. Mm. I have seen people who fought tooth and nail against their parents to get the transition that they truly needed. Mm. My house is a safety zone. When someone comes into my house, my first question is preferred name, preferred pronoun. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Yes. 
know, and if you want to tell me today is your Ma your name is Maxine and next week your name is Oliver, that is perfectly okay with me because I understand you're trying to figure out who you are. Beautiful. Thank you. But take your time. This is like everything else in the world. Nothing is an instant fix. Agreed. And being, I'm such a, oh my God, I, I want to do more for the LGBTQ community on a whole. Because one of the things that I found is that of all the teens that have attempted to commit suicide, especially over the last two years, almost 50% are part of the LGBTQ community. Um, so it, I wanted to do more ones. And I'm gonna say this to this day, there was an artist, I used to be a philanthropy um, journalist, Katie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was asked to, go to this LGBTQ event. And I was actually suffering through intense complex PTSD and I just didn't fight to get the story out there and I should have. And this beautiful photographer, and I'm saying beautiful because it's just like, it really is truly such a wonderful thing. He went out to the Midwest and then he took photographs of transgender youth that were like, I honestly, like it, it was a way to like a, to showcase a PSA for the transgender youth that were just so close to committing suicide. It was one of those not daunting um, galleries, right? but eye-opening and just filled with love because there's so many people from the LGBTQIA plus community um, with the LGBTQIA plus center. Yeah, and like, I I have to stop with the Q part because there's so many more, so many more letters more. that have been added that I I don't even know like it's I don't just, even know what they mean. Yeah, and I don't want to disrespect anyone, so I will admit my ignorance. <laughs> I, well, that, that's why I say plus. Um, yeah. Also, because when I when I was there, you know, the LGBTQA plus center in Los Angeles is like the mecca of LGBTQIA plus centers. It is literally just filled with resources. This is, this is actually where people come to be free to be their gender, be their, you know, be their sexual orientation, be yep. their true identity. And, you know, I have they, them as my, uh, as pronouns for good reason. So I do look very female presenting. I know people will slip and say her or she, and I'm okay with that. Don't worry about that. I understand. It's, it's kind of funny to see. Um, do I absolutely appreciate when people say they, them? Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you so much. Because when I was younger, I actually, and, and this is actually very common across um, premature children. Uh, there was a specific uh, type of, I don't know, type of medication or whatnot to give uh, women who were about to conceive prematurely. And what I've noticed, and I know that there's more research behind this, so please feel free to look it up. And I would love for people to research this. That type of medication induced a specific type of hormonal change for the children. So I, I, I dated a girl once and she and I both were premature and both of us were going through, we, we had very similar hormonal um, uh Balances, imbalances, I guess you can say, right? Okay. So when I was a child, I actually had a lot more testosterone in me when I started, uh, when, when I was in middle school. No, I didn't have the male parts, but I had testosterone. And to balance that, 
right? To balance really, really rough emotions because those emotions, when your hormones are out of whack are just, oh, it's so, it's so frustrating and so aggravating. And it just, it puts you into this world where you just, some people could relate, other people felt trapped in their heads. And I had to take estrogen to help me become more balanced in that sense, be more balanced. And I did get prettier. Don't get me wrong. That was cool. <laughs> I did. I did. I looked, I, I looked less masked, a lot more just like uh, high school. Everyone was like, wow, she got prettier. And I'm like, yeah, I took estrogen pills. And it was mainly to balance out my, my menstrual cycle. Yeah. It was also because on the graph that we saw, there, it was just, there was an imbalance and apparently it was common for people my age. Yeah, and it it does, it is, and it's natural for others too, because I remember there was a young lady who was, um, for lack of a better term, trying out or auditioning for the Olympics. Mm. And they did a their normal drug test on all applicants, and they were going to kick her out because of her testosterone level. But that was the natural level of her testosterone. She wasn't inducing anything more just the way her body was and I mean yeah I can understand why you don't want someone purposefully doing it but you shouldn't exclude somebody just because that's the way their blood type is and it's the same thing with our bodies I mean whether okay I still get confused with the whole alphabet of LGBTQ and the reason is because there was only LGB when I grew up when I was growing up I got the TQ yeah, you got TQ. I only got the B. And you know what? That that was perfectly fine. I am B. <laughs> I can relate from that standpoint. But it wasn't until hearing my son and his friends and everyone else as they were trying to figure out who the heck they were, what all these other terms were that were coming out in the world. And it, you know, all right. So I want to give everybody a very fun trial of what this really feels like. So have you ever watched Sex in the City? Two or three times, not really, wasn't really a fan of the show. That is okay. Watch the first episode of the original series, then watch the first episode of, and just like that on HBO Max, and you will see the big difference, the big drastic difference between the 90s and the the 2020s. You will actually see how much culture has freaking changed that is good though right there it's an I remember watching one episode and then I watched the first episode of like the original series and I saw the juxtaposition and I was like oh I'm getting tingles it was so freaking just how much we've progressed yeah because we didn't know what we didn't know back then oh it's so amazing it's like there's gender equality to it like, not gender equality, not just gender equality. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's like equality it, across the board. Yeah, across all individuals, regardless of what you think is your identity, what your identity truly is, what you truly believe. It was just 100% let us be free. And here is the way to progress freely. I was like, okay. And just like that, that was amazing. Oh, I saw a great um, sign. On, well, actually, it wasn't a sign. It was a post on... I don't know. I think it was on Instagram, if I remember correctly. Someone had posted a sign that said, authentically human, all shapes, sizes, colors, genders, welcome. And I'm like, 
Yes. Whatever you choose sexually, that is between you and behind bedroom doors. I don't need to know about it. Yeah, it's okay. Privacy is nice. I like privacy. Privacy is very nice. Yeah, I, I might be out and about and like, <laughs> like I have followings and all that stuff, but I, privacy is nice. You know, having the, what I would call gentle affection in public, where you're giving each other hugs, you're holding hands, you have your arms around each other. It doesn't matter what your flavor is. That is okay. It's when we go to the extremes that I don't think public affection is a good thing. You know, don't, don't, you know, just whip it out in public, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do, don't do, we, no, seriously, we don't, don't want to see it. Uh, you know, there's children walking around too. Um, yeah. And, but, in reference to what you were saying about Florida and stuff and what they are trying to restrict, you know, I know people in the state of Florida who have transitioned and have been taking, you know, testosterone for years and they now can't get their medication. That is awful. I actually feel so much empathy for that just because of how I felt when I had to actually balance my hormones, it is maddening. It actually can bring you to like insanity. It's so unfortunate that people go through that. And like, thankfully I was able to be like, um, we gotta go to, um, we gotta like, I don't know what to do, but I, I know I'm feeling manic and I, I just need. Yeah. And balance. I mean, hormonal, whether you have a hormonal imbalance, whether you have a mental chemical imbalance, it doesn't matter. The you should not have to listen to somebody else's opinion as to whether or not you should get treatment. The only person's opinion you should listen to when it comes about getting medical treatment is a licensed doctor that you have been working with for years. Trust. I actually ask for three or four medical opinions before I even see a doctor sometimes. Uh, oh, but that makes sense. I have family. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, and, you know, the Paris Hilton comment, yeah, I know I'm making fun of Paris Hilton, but she looks gorgeous, by the way, I don't she, know. What she does look fabulous. Please, but continue. I don't, I don't think that she has a bad hair day in her life. And I'm sure that's all social media and planned ahead of the tip ahead of time, but I don't care. She still looks great. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do with our bodies, whether it be hormone therapy, whether it be surgery, whether it be getting a bloody tattoo. Yeah. It's your body. It's your choice. And if you don't understand why someone else is doing what they're doing, you don't have to understand it. You just have to have the common courtesy to say, okay, you be you. That tool right there will save you from every overwhelm towards your mission. It's, it's true. It is very true. If you can say, okay, I understand. Yeah. And, and even if I don't understand, thank you for sharing that with me. Yes. I learned something new. No judgment. Acceptance. Just acceptance for the person for being who they are. That's I mean, crazy. do you know how, oh my God, we used to have so much judgment against emo, gothic, 
rednecks, uh, valley girls, you know, all of these stereotypes. And yes, I'm pulling these out because these are the first one that comes into my head. This reminds you know, me of Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking clueless, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, there, there are all these different stereotypes that we, you know, want to try and fit people into. But guess what? Not everyone's going to fit in any single mold. And for the audience members out there that have watched High School Musical, when it came out in the 90s, that movie changed all the stereotypes for us. Yes. That's why a lot of us are freer, in my opinion. A lot of us are more accepting. Absolutely. And that's something that anyone, I mean, I was much older when that came out <laughs> than you, but that's okay. But it's one of those things that, you know, I was already in this whole accept somebody for who they are because of who I am. You know, I don't fit in column A or column B. I'm a blend of both. If I tried to fit into anything. Oh, honey, I broke the mold. I was, I didn't like being that depressed. Yeah. That sucked. That was like a cage. I hated every second of it. And I would fight people to be myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's real. No, and so being able to stand in your own truth, to have the confidence to say, this is who I am. You can either take me as I am or leave. And that I think is part of a song from Rent, if memory serves. Take me. (laughs) What is that? Great. great Take me as I am or leave me. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love doing that duet. I, I, I'm a musical nut. So the fact that you mentioned high school musical is just kind of like, oh, yay, somebody else who loves musicals like me. Um, I actually sing, yeah. I actually was uh, Joanna in Sweeney Todd. Nice. I can do the high notes like. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Sopranos is such show-offs. Um, oh, that's all we got. I don't have to make rings. <laughs> I can't sing that. I can't belt. <laughs> Sorry, I cut off, but please go ahead. Hey, right. Side tangent. Um, you know, but really knowing who you are on a core level and accepting yourself at that core level boosts your confidence, your self-esteem, your projection when you speak, your ability to communicate because people can see it's authentic. 100%. It also yep. so many others to do the same and be free for themselves. Yes, because they'll see, oh my God, there's this crazy lady on a podcast who has purple hair and a unicorn horn, but you know what? She's doing her. So guess what? I'm going to do me. Exactly. Go for it. Own it. 100%. No one is better at being you than you. How do we know? Because there's only one of you. Agreed. Yes. I, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> Yes, that's yes, mama. Yes, you're, yes. you're my you're my yes man tonight. <laughs> it's like I'm just boosting this because everything you're saying is so real to me, and I I love that because think about this. Katie and I are we're, we're we're like soul twins in my opinion, but like when we think definitely about, soul sisters of another yeah. So a sister anyway. <laughs> well, when you think about it, like 
our personalities. I grew up on, I grew up and mainly stay in urban cities, like very urban cities. And then I was a cheerleader. And then I, you know, like all these things, we may have opposite spectrums of perspective. Yeah. But it's so freaking cool that we still have that ability to embrace who we truly are so that we can piece together our individuality to create a really, really awesome unified perspective. Um, today, like when Katie and I did that tag team intuitive session, I was like, oh, this is great. I feel like I'm like fluidly just running with somebody that <laughs> it was so awesome. It was like, like think about basketball players, right? One person can dribble, one person can shoot. It was like she was dribbling and I shot and that was great. Yeah. It was knowing what your strengths are and being able to pass, quote unquote, basketball analogy, to somebody who's ready to take it to the next step. Yes. You know, there are some ex excellent teachers, for example. There are excellent teachers out there who are in middle school and in high school, but they will never be a college professor. And it's not because there wasn't some point in time that they didn't want that. It's just that they found that their lane of genius is dealing and teaching kids at a certain age. Yeah, I actually taught after school programming for middle schoolers. I was not good at elementary school. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. Oh gosh, yeah, no. And then high school students, I got bored. Middle school students, this is why we're working with teens. Yeah. <laughs> Preteens, teens, yep. Adolescents, when the hormones start kicking you know, but I, I have worked with kids as young as seven. Yeah. You know, I've had conversations with them as young as seven with the parents permission so nobody get mad at me, you know, but just having a conversation with them where it's like, who are we today? You know, at that age, it's all imaginary anyways. Yeah. We invent our own environment. So if a seven-year-old says that, you know, a seven-year-old young man says that he wants to be Cinderella instead of Prince Charming, go for it. 100%. Um, I also do think we have to stop trying to take away people's imagination. Like yes. Let them freely imagine things because that creativity is what brings the better like world, more prosperous world. When you can find people based off of the fear that they're not going to be able to have a job from it, you've already just restricted somebody who could possibly be the next Einstein. Yes, because it's the ability to imagine that helps lead to problem solving. Yes. 100%. People with creativity. The, the, all right. So we, we talked about this, right? Virgo Leo, right? Yep. I, I'm a Virgo. I am a Virgo. Like I'm straight up a Virgo. That's my son. And then I'm getting into trust, right? Um, and then my other two signs, my moon and my rising, I'm a Leo. Um, hence the charismatic, the creativity, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, behind closed doors and for whatever um, wonderful, comfortable reason, I am 100% a Virgo. I need to be grounded before I start being creative. But that creativity takes my foundations, the ones that I build, to different heights. And I need, in my opinion, a time to create, imagine, and build. And that's so beautiful for me. Yes, it is. Like this, we created this podcast. We created the lead generator. I 
brought in some partnerships and here we are. We're, we're a living, breathing thing that's moving that we only thought of an idea last year and now it's actually happening. And I finally put Katie from away from being, we got to pull her out from behind the wizard curtain. Like I really wanted, I, I love talking to Katie and she needed to be on this podcast with me. So she's here. <laughs> Yes, you are one of the people that have helped me stand taller in my truth and sharing my voice and being unapologetically myself because you helped create the, not necessarily the safe space, but holding space for me to experience the stumble, which then helped me get stronger. Thank you for saying that. Because that's all that stumbles are, is they're just us learning how to walk. Exactly. And that unicorn, horn, right? Yeah. As soon as I saw that woman wear that, I was like, let me get my hat. I like <laughs> ran and got my unicorn hat because I was like, I match you. Let's do this. Like, I'm <laughs> So I'm trying to see if I could, because you were talking about your signs. I actually did my, um, my chart. Oh, yeah. So Pisces. Oh, but I'm, cool. I'm trying to find out what the other ones are. And I can't seem to find where I emailed that to myself. So I will have to have that for next time. Okay. I don't, there's, there are people out there that do this as a profession. Uh, oh, shoot. I actually know somebody. We should interview her. She's actually a bookkeeper. Um, <laughs> we should bring her on. Uh, she's a wonderful okay. person. Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll interview her. I'll ask her. So she's a bu- bookkeeper for smaller businesses. Um, which everyone needs. If you're creating a business, you need a bookkeeper that you can actually work with. This woman is like us, transparent, blunt, direct, everything I need to hear her. Like, (laughs) and I worked with her at CAA. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying something about that. Yeah, I worked with her at a talent agency where the talent agency was a different type of animal when it come, came to personalities as well. Like, I honestly remember people not crying out their first day. No. I've seen people run away from that place after being employed. Well, you know, I can say the same thing for a couple other businesses that I worked with too. And it, it's not that it's a bad business or it's a bad place to work. It's just that the stress level and the anxiety to perform. And that's exactly, you know, doing whatever task your job is, that is performing. Cheerleading help with that. Yes. You know, and just being able to handle as to, oh, I've got to juggle 30 some different things when I thought I was only going to be doing 10. That was fun for me, though. I well, some people find that as a puzzle and a challenge and fun to figure out. And then there are those of us that it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to do my 10 and I'll think about your 20 when I'm done. And that's not a game team player <laughs> attitude, I was told. <laughs> I mean, there, there is actually that type of personality is important in a in a corporation in my opinion sometimes you shouldn't do that if you want to like grow to become a manager or something right i didn't want to be a manager i didn't want to manage anyone but myself (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i I was very much 
at that point in time, I was very hidden in the identity that I had created for that job because I was under the impression that nobody would like Katie for Katie. So I went by my birth name. I went by Katrina at that job. I went by Mary. And it was, it was, there were maybe three people who saw the real me outside of the office, but everyone at the office, Katie was just a boring cog in the wheel. I did not know Katrina was your, did that yeah. name? Yeah. I, yeah. So well, that, that's the big joke. It's Katrina like the hurricane, Miller like the beer. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> okay. um, yeah. try having that name when you work at a call center when the hurricane's happening. What was, I, what was that like? And then I will dish into I, I, I will gladly admit that I had worked for the Home Shopping Network Call Center in Virginia for five years, during which time Hurricane Katrina happened. And for the last two years that I worked at that job, every phone call that I answered and said, my name was Katrina. Oh, like the hurricane. It's your fault the hurricane came. We're gonna blame it all on you. I'm like, no, there's the cosmic joke. You blame it on my mom. She was Katrina first. <laughs> Because my mom's a Katrina too. She's just Katrina Jacqueline. So she goes by Jackie. Oh, that's funny. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, but you know, it's, I had no idea that by going by, going by what I thought was the more professional name, because in my mind, Katrina sounds more professional than Katie. At least it did back then. Yeah. You know, who knew that that was going to lead to hurricanes and then lead to me creating this persona to where I didn't share any of my intuitive gifts. I didn't share my love for tarot. I didn't share my love for crystals. I didn't share what I heard, what I saw, what I felt. And I just kept to myself and lived in my cute little box in the office in my little cubicle and did my job. So I understand that completely because when I was working at those corporate settings, um, NBC Universal or CAA, guess what I went by? You said Mary earlier. It is Mary. <laughs> I'm Mary. So my full name is Mary Grace, Ace for short. Ace fits you better. I thank you. I loved that name ever since I fell in love with poker. So I went but like internally in my heart always said Ace. And then I went with Ace about six years ago, five years ago. Um five, six, within that span. Um and that was my artist name. That was like my influencer name. That's what people knew me by. And then mm -hmm. in corporate settings, people were like, who's this ace person? What, what? And I was like, oh yeah. Cause everyone would call me Mary. And I felt not that it wasn't like me because Mary Grace, if I hear Mary Grace, I will turn my head. It might take longer because it's a longer name. Right. Um, but there was a point when people would shout Mary and if they weren't from high school and elementary school, I didn't hear them. Yeah. I couldn't hear them. And, and to this day now, people from even college who used to call me MG, they call me Ace. 
And I'm so grateful for them for accepting this part of me that I actually love to be. Well, it's, it's like my sister, Stephanie. Stephanie was not her birth name. That's mm. the name that she identifies with. No, but she is, she's not part of the LGBTQ. She is happily married to her, her husband, Terry, and he's doing a fabulous job taking care of her. Mm. But she has been through a lot of traumatic stuff growing up. And which led to her feeling like having, well, I'm, I am going to say it led to her feeling like multiple personalities. I had that. Disassociation is real. Like when you yes. have to hide parts of yourself to fit into a corporate setting or any type of setting, it's like you need outlets. You find yeah. out. In Stephanie's case, it was to survive. Yeah, I had that. And so when I think Austin was about maybe four Stephanie said that she was changing her name to Stephanie and was concerned that Austin wouldn't understand why. And I'm like, okay, well, you're still Aunt Honeybunny because that's how she signed birthday cards was Aunt Honeybunny. So even now, Austin is 19. He still refers to her as Aunt Honeybunny. And he's perfectly okay that it's Aunt Stephanie. He doesn't care what her birth name is. She's still who she is. It doesn't matter what she calls herself. And I'm like, my son is a genius. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's so wonderful. This is why I call him Awesome Austin. Yes. And this is why I was just like, I, I love what, what your, your motherly attributes to this and just your story. It's just, it's encouraging to me because I can share this with others and be like, hey, look, no, there's a perspective that I know that has been through it and understands both sides. So. And it's, I did not want my, when I was pregnant, no idea, male, girl, boy, girl, no idea. I just knew at that point in time, I did not want my child to be afraid of telling me anything. So I made it a rule. And it took Brian a couple times to get him on the same page, but we agreed that no matter what we were told at any point in time in their life, the first question is, are you okay? Mm -hmm. The second question is, what can I do to help you right now? And if punishment was needed, you've got 24 hours before we lay down punishment. There's no instant knee-jerk reaction, yelling, screaming, punishment, taking away absolutely everything under the sun and accidentally saying something that cannot be taken back. That is psychologically healthy. That's it's what I wish I had. See, I do that with my nieces, except for the punishment part. Well, my yeah, because you're the aunt. You don't punish. I'm the aunt. I'm the, I'm the <laughs> aunt. I don't have kids, so I don't do the punishment. I do the if I need to bail you out and they're they're all like under the age of 16 right now so like don't hopefully we <laughs> thank you thank you you're, it's like you're, you're like Stephanie she she's the aunt she's like if you ever need anything yeah if you ever want to experiment <laughs> I'm the one you come to it's a safe space <laughs> as long as long as you nieces and nephews and they know this you can tell me anything everything you tell me when you lost your virginity i am that aunt now when it comes to your parents 
if it has anything to do with your education, if it has anything to do with your care, if it has anything to do with your um, the things that I don't do, right. right? Mom and dad will need to know. And I will tell you how I'm going to explain it to them before I tell them. Yes. And Stephanie does that and also offers, you can tell them, which would probably be the better choice. But if not, I will say something. Yes. And nine times out of 10 of the conversations that I know about, nine times out of 10, Austin told me. There was only one time where Stephanie stepped in yeah. and said something. And I and due to what was the shared and the basis, the basic of that topic, the core of that topic, I completely understand as to why she stepped in. And that's okay. Yeah. I've I've told all the kids, and I know that you we talked about grades earlier, right? Right. You know what the number one rule is in order for me to still be your cool aunt and be able to take you out? Do well in your do well in school. The moment you're like like that, it was so real. The moment your grade slipped, no more auntie. So my sisters, I don't know if I've mentioned this or talked about my sisters, other than the fact that they gave me presents and I treasured their pre their tre uh, the presents. So I'm the calm one. Oh no, that's funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm the I'm the calm one. <laughs> I put all my energy into being productive. Now they they their personalities. I've always wanted to put us in like a tank and just watch the <laughs> and have a show go and just because <laughs> it is the funniest thing. Because we get each other regardless of what we're doing. Like we get each right. other. We accept our personalities because we cannot change each other. We are strong personalities. There's no way to change that. Uh -uh. So we embrace it, we boost it up, and then we laugh when we're funny. And that's how that works. You see, and part of me, I will admit this, part of me is a little bit envious that you have that kind of connection with your sisters. And the reason that I say that is because I went for about four years of not talking to my mom, not talking to my sisters, completely cut myself off from my family. I did that, I actually did that. And there was a lot of drama that went on between me and my sisters. And it wasn't until, well, okay, it's been over 10 years since we kind of started talking, but it's only been like recently over the last two years that we started talking like on a more regular basis. So to be fair, um, you know, I'm very similar. So there is a big age gap between me and my sisters. It was 11 years. There was a time where all that complex PTSD was really getting the hit, like better with me. And I was, it was so bad. I, I literally was kind of estranged. I never wanted to go home. Um, I did my best to like try and get away from my parents. Um, and it wasn't until I started like chanting to be very honest that yeah. that like I I started chanting for everyone to be happy I started chanting that you know my nieces never had to follow suit with our depression um I like I really understood 
that sometimes family could be hell on earth. It really can be. Or, <laughs> did you like that? Yes. Or, <laughs> or it can be something that is so confident in confidence instilling because they've seen you through yeah. up and whatnot and they'll get you. And sometimes recreating that relationship with your siblings, it takes time. It takes yes. effort. It takes courage. It takes patience. It takes learning who you are while trying to figure out how to not be mean or nice or stand your ground with your siblings. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of growing. And I'm 30 now and I'm finally kind of like, okay, I get it. I see it. I'm so sorry. Or, okay, hey, you kind of can't do that with me. Is, could, you, could you do something else? Even though they've done it forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a baby girl. And they're just like, fine. Well, it, it's kind of like my sister, Jamie, the youngest of the three of us. She had a nickname growing up. Not allowed to use it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, okay. I won't use it. I'm not even going to say it on the air. It's a cute nickname though, but it's one of those that I'm, you know, she doesn't identify with that. And besides it was a nickname that was given to us, but given to her by our stepfather. who was not in my opinion and both of my sister's opinion. He was not a nice guy. Yeah. You know, um, so when it comes to those types of nicknames and whatnot, you like, don't get me wrong. After a while, being bullied isn't fun. Yeah. Um, or older siblings, a good portion of the time, don't know they're bullying you. Because um, they've been doing it for years. Right, because we didn't realize what we didn't know. Exactly, exactly. And there was this one time that I stood up for, it, I did stand up for myself. And my sisters were a little like, what, what? And I was just like, look, you're pummeling me, it hurts. Eventually, they <laughs> but um, but I had to grow, and I had to honestly. If I didn't have that experience, those in immensely intense environments, in working conditions, or just talking to people in general, I would not have tough skin. Right. They trained me well. There. They trained yeah. me very well. There. Yeah, and. and I you see, and with me being the oldest of the three, I didn't have the older sibling to help me build that tough skin. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. You know, there, there was no, I just had my younger sisters who annoyed the crap out of me. Honestly. So I had a different, <laughs> so I had a different kind of tough skin growing up, which is probably one of the reasons why I'm the one that works for teenagers instead of my mom. <laughs> because I can hold I can hold I can hold space that's beautiful I'm going to attribute something to my sisters because remember how I mentioned I was really good at martial arts yeah my sisters before I started doing martial arts they would like smack me it was a joke it's it wasn't right. I mean don't get me wrong people shouldn't be doing this I guess um it helps me so they would like test my reaction time yeah they test your reflexes actually, <laughs> yeah, and I was so good at martial arts because of that. <laughs> and I, honestly, yeah, like it, because I'm like I, I maybe I'm pretty tough, as, tough as nails in regards to like certain aspects of life. Everyone has a vulnerability, and I believe there's strength in vulnerability. 
Um, but because of my sisters, I 100% can be seen or felt or understand and have the confidence to be as tough as nails if I need to be. Right. And that's the beauty of every human interaction that we have. Yeah. And it's, because even if there's this, uh, what has the saying go? Everyone who I have met has enriched my life in some way. Yes. Even if I choose not to spend another second with a person today. And that's perfectly fine. And that's perfectly fine because I learned my <laughs> lesson. I don't need it again. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, all right. So we have, we have four minutes and maybe I can dump this down, but like, I remember going through, remember you, you saw me through my breakup. We actually started this podcast on my breakup. It was great. Fantastic. Um, and I remember just, we're good. We're closed. Chapter's done. We're good. Thank you very much. Now I got to go heal. We're good. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to go back and I'm perfectly fine with that. We can mention it now just because I've grown and we see that I'm glowing. Oh my gosh. One, two, we can also see it for the fact of the matter is like healing is possible. Take your time healing. If you feel like you need to heal, heal. But I also yes. believe that when a chapter is closed, it's okay to close it and move forward. And to lock it up and throw away the key. Yeah. Because you definitely need that tool when you're working towards a mission. You hold on to anything. That overwhelm is right there with you. But you can overcome it. Always. Because you have the dream and the drive and the desire to bring your mission forward. Exactly. So that's actually how you overcome all those overwhelms is the fact that at the core, if you feel like your mission is exactly what you need to do, you won't let anything stop you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> On that note, I had a wonderful time here with you all. And thank you so much, Katie. You're awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Love you, sweetie. Thank you, Nicole. We love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope that the discussion today will inspire you to take positive action in your life. Until next week, be empowered.